Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Hi, folks. Welcome to Life Point. I am glad you've tuned in today. It's going to be a great day, great day to talk about the Word of God and what it has to say for us. I have a lot of favorites, and I always say that's one of my favorite verses, one of my favorite books. Well, I, it is because they all those that I say they are, they are, and so. So that is what I'm dealing with right now is I'm going to share this morning out of the book of, of James. I got up this morning about five o'clock and I was listening to the book of Psalms. I listened to the 33rd chapter to the 40th chapter and just got blessed. Then they decided to turn to the book of James. And so then I listened to the book of James and I was just blessed by it. In fact, I pulled out some scriptures that I want to share at legislature uh, when I go back to prayer this next term and and share with them. But I just, James has so much to say. You know, the, the author identifies himself as James. He was probably the brother of Jesus, the leader of the Jerusalem Council, which was in Acts 15. You'd find that out. But there was four men in the New Testament uh, named James. The author of this letter could not have been Apostle James, who died too early, A.D. 44, to have written it. The other two men named James had neither the stature nor the influence that the writer of this letter had. Now, I've just uh, picked this up in a, in a study guide studying the book of James. But he was one of the select individuals Christ appeared to after the resurrection. Call called him called him a pillar of the church in Galatians chapter 2 verse 9, and he also did the same in Acts twenty-one eighteen. But he was very serious about his walk with God. He was very serious about who he was, and he wrote a great book that has so many implications for us. And the recipients of the, this book were the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Some hold this expression refers to Christians in general, but the term 12 tribes would more naturally apply to the Jewish Christians. Furthermore, a Jewish audience would be more in keeping with, obviously, the Jewish nature of the letter. So it's, it's you know, I think it's pretty important. It has some distinctive characteristics that the letter that it brings, it is unmistakably a Jewish nature. It's emphasis on vital Christianity characterized by good deeds and faith that works. Genuine faith that is accompanied by consistent lifestyle really is a book dealing with lifestyle evangelism. You know, and I think that's uh, something that we all need to live and need to be aware of. But I'd ask you to pray with me before I start reading. Our Heavenly Father, thanks for the day. Thanks for being with us and guide us. Open our hearts and our minds that we can see your truth and see them clearly. We love you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, first, I want to go to the second chapter of James. This is only a two-part, today and tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'm going to be in the fourth chapter of James, but today in the second chapter of James, and this is what he said. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? And it's a question he asks us uh, as a question. He said, can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. 
I think we'll just talk about that little clip for a second. I'm going to read more in, in a few minutes. But I'm just, that that really hits us right where we're at when he asks that question. Uh, if someone cl- claims to have faith but has no deeds, what good is that? Will that save them? And, of course, we know we're saved by grace, by believing in Jesus Christ. We know that we're heaven-bound. But James goes farther here with the people and says, you know what? You need to take action the way you live. You need literally talking about lifestyle evangelism. Because I this this hits me right at the core. When I was listening to this early this morning, I thought deeply about it. If one of you says, go in peace— Keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about it, about their physical needs. What good is it? You know, and that's it. What are we doing to try to help people? How can we help others? How can we make a difference in other people's lives? You know, are we responding to the calls of God? Are we just calling ourselves Christians because we believe? And James is saying, get busy. Do something about your walk with God. Respond to the things of God. You know, you're telling somebody, oh, you know, I'm sorry that you're hungry. I'm sorry that you're in need. I'm sorry that you got issues. I'm not going to offer you any assistance, except I'm going to pray for you. Oh, that's nice. We're going to pray for them. And I know many of you are like me. You get letters of people needing money, uh, organizations needing money all the time. I cannot keep up. I'm going to have to slow down on some of those because, and I'm getting all these people that want me to support their missions, their their uh, mission work, and along, along with everything else. You know, I, you can't give to everybody. Wished we had the funds to give to everybody in need, but if you do have the funds and somebody is in need and you know it, and you tell them, well, go, you know, do it, do your best, and don't offer any help, what good is that? Now, this isn't a message to make anyone feel guilty. I don't want you to feel guilty. And then I know sometimes I even feel guilty because I like to do more. This morning, I was just thinking how blessed I was, how blessed I was. And in fact, I, I uh, went down and had breakfast with my daughter, who she is uh, runs the St. Luke's cafeteria down uh, downtown. And and not not in the hospital, but in the administrative building, and and I just I just felt like I needed to give her some money, uh, you know. So I and so I pulled out a fifty dollar bill. I said, "Hey, I just want you to take your husband to dinner." And and she's dead. I don't need any money. I'm fine. I'm fine. She did. I had a hard time taking. It. I said, "Just take him to dinner. It's okay." You know, it, it's certainly more blessed to give and receive. I know some say people say, "Well, that's your daughter." Well. Uh, that's just because I, I felt that this morning that I needed to do that. And I try to respond to the feelings I have when I'm, when I'm uh, seeking the Lord. And, and I think that's what we have to do in life. When, when, if there's something that comes up, you pray about it. I've had people give me things many times because they felt they were supposed to. Well, let me move past this. And he says in the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action. It's dead. You can talk all you want to, but if your life doesn't show it, your testimony doesn't show it, you know, it, it's not going to do a lot of good for people. But someone will, this is verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. 
Even the demons believe that and shudder. Then he just hits them right across the face, just smacks them. In verse 20, you foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac to the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. You know, it, it takes action. How would you like to be considered righteous by Almighty God? I would love for God to say he is righteous. He's a righteous man. But we know we're all sinners saved by grace. We all know we have issues. We suffer with things. And sometimes we make some really terrible mistakes. But God is faithful. He loves us. He forgives us. He has a desire to see us take action. I think the greatest thing the church can do, when I say the church, I'm talking about all believers, all those who believe in Jesus Christ. The greatest thing we can do, the greatest way we can make a, a dent for Jesus is by living Jesus every day, is living a lifestyle that shows Jesus. So sometimes not even by words you have to say anything that people see there's something good about you. There's something that's just different about you. And pretty soon people start asking questions. Pretty soon you start filling in those answers. Pretty soon, these people come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I had a great lunch uh, the other day with Pastor Ben Turner of uh, Five Mile Nazarene Church. What a great guy. And they also have a Swahili service there, too. And, and uh, you know, Ben was talking to me, and he says, one of the, the greatest needs, Pastor Tom, is well, we've got to figure out a way to get the lost saved. We've got to get people saved and discipled and moving forward. And we were talking about strategy together. But to see his heart, that his heart was after the things of God, his heart was after wanting his people to grow in the Lord and to reach out and win others. That's what it's about. You know, sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes in our churches, we get complacent. Our church grows and it's all about the church growth instead of about the spiritual growth. Yes, we want our church to grow because people will come and hear the Word of God and hopefully respond to that. But we've got to plug them in. We've got to do something with them once they've come to Jesus. We've got to teach them. We have a book we give out uh, written by Brian Wrangler that the first 31 days of walking with God. It's a great, great book that I just uh, I love. And if we have a new believer, we will give them that book, you know, along with the Bible if they don't have a Bible because— we want people to learn and grow and live Jesus so their faith takes legs and has action and that people see Jesus because of who they are. Let's make it a point this week to live Jesus. Let's listen to the Holy Spirit as he guides us day in and day out. But this week especially, let's listen and be attentive and be responsive 
and take action in our Christian lives. It will make a difference, I promise you. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.